Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with Monkey Tennis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support for this podcast comes from Hamilton's Water Breaks. Our boats are deceptively large, offering the luxury and comfort you'd normally associate with a good quality static caravan. All boats come fitted with a SaniFlow 33 toilet, so whether it's a pound of mashed up Dundee cake or an elderly relative on board, you've no need to worry. Join literally tens of people making the most of global warming and international terrorism by holidaying at home with Hamilton's. Call us now to discuss your water break. What a way to have a good time. Hello listeners, Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Before we get on with episode three, uh, again, as with last week, we just wanted to say a massive thank you because uh, you have sent us to number one in the overall iTunes chart, ahead of Desert Island Discs, ahead of Serial, ahead of This American Life. That's insane. What have you done? You've created a monster. But thanks so much for listening. Uh, please do continue to uh, subscribe, listen and spread the word. And it's time for this week's episode. Monkey tennis. Monkey tennis. Look, looks like a lady, but uh, really it's a man. Monkey tennis. Let my face! I'm doing the photo shoot for Vision Express. Monkey tennis. Monkey tennis. I got uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Roll on the thighs of a virgin. Monkey tennis. Come and bitter and listen to us. It's the third episode of Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge podcast. Uh, today we're going to be casting an eye over Watership Alan, a cameo-packed infected spinal column in a bap of an episode. <laughs> My name is uh, Adam Brooks. We also have Tom Dark. 
Hello. Nick Older. Hey! And Tom Stab. Uh-huh. Uh, before we get started, we're going to talk a little bit about our Alan origins. Yeah, we thought it might be nice to give a bit of context on how perhaps we all first discovered Alan and our... We've all had a long-term relationship with Alan Partridge, I think. Um, it's been a great bonding subject for us Definitely. over many years. So... Uh, I'll start with myself. Um, so I remember first encountering the character of Alan via the day-to-day, seeing him being the sports reporter on that, particularly his World Cup roundup of 94, which was absolutely amazing. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you haven't seen that, one, what have you been doing with your life? Two, go and watch it on YouTube immediately. But then do come back and carry on listening to this, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think, I guess, what year did the day-to-day air? Was it 93, 94, something like that? I think I've kind Around of been... early nineties, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think I've been partridge aware since uh <laughs> since then. So um yeah, kind of aware of him as a kind of sideline character before uh yeah, but and then going into knowing me, knowing you after that as well. Day to day was ninety four. Day to day was ninety four. Am I right that it was day to day then it was knowing me, knowing you? Have I got that the right way around? Yeah, yes. knowing me, knowing you ninety four. Yeah, but potentially yeah so the day-to-day ended in february 1994 and knowing me knowing you started in september the following september so yeah what what a time to be alive and i was so that was good uh good to know that yeah 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 yeah, exactly just just clarifying the uh the major details there uh nick nick Alder, how about you how did you first encounter mr alan gordon partridge i became Alan aware. Uh, I think when this series came out, to be honest, it wasn't particularly cool. I didn't see uh, the day to day and everything that kind of came before this. Uh, yeah, I just saw this and didn't really have a clue what was going on. I like so many things in life. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of haven't discussed this, but I think if you come to this clean, it, you could be forgiven for being a bit confused about what sort of show this is. Is it a fly on the wall? Um, because the, the style of show that it mm. is is a, is a little bit strange. You're not really sure kind of what the setup is yeah I, I think that's an interesting point actually when uh, you know in years after this with things like the office becoming such massive successes and after that i guess even things like um 2012 w1a people just do nothing that kind of that spoof fly on the wall documentary style which lends itself so well to comedy and has been done so well uh quite a few times now it feels like the the approach for i'm alan partridge it's almost like it's almost like a fly on the wall documentary but not done with any element of realism it's the blueprint you know I mean. for a lot of shows isn't it yeah you because you've kind of got the social awkwardness that overrides that overrides it all as well also can you think of a comedy like alan partridge that's existed in so many different mediums i mean it's mm. obviously now podcast which is the most important well, um, yeah it's his key but for the development of the brand it's been a book it's been a radio show it's been a tv show that's presented as if it were a real chat show it's been a documentary style thing you know it's been a recording of a radio show in mid-morning mm. matters it's become dangerously close to a pasta gravy sauce as well <laughs> i beg your pardon <laughs> i'm sorry oh come on that's that's a that's a line where he's uh experimenting with a pasta gravy sauce but uh they won't go for it oh yeah no i remember that yeah <laughs> but the closest yeah, i can think of off the top of my head is something like the league of gentlemen like that started off as a radio show then tv series then film that's, yeah, like, that's kind of the closest I thing I can Concords think of. I guess Concords did the same thing as well, yeah. but, but much later on, a tour and an album and a show and a radio show. I mean, I guess quite a lot of comedies, particularly for the BBC route, where they'll start often something like The Mighty Beast, for example. That was a radio yeah, that's comedy, good one. which then became a sitcom. But then I think it's to the, 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 the radio comedy, to the sitcom, to the film. Not a lot of things do all, all three. And obviously with this, you've got spoof chat show, sitcom, film 
spin-off shows because him being a character and so many other things. So yeah, I think it's kind of... Did you mention you... live show as well? No, I didn't. Yeah, of course, the live yeah. show. And yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, uh, Tom Stab, how did you first encounter Alan Gordon Partridge? So I remember being on holiday in Salkham, maybe, in like, I was probably about 14, and my friend's older brother, who we went on holiday with, had the first episode, just the first episode, recorded onto cassette tape. So Classic. I, I only new partridge just literally just audio there was which originally obviously it started as a radio show but it so was what alan a, would have wanted it was a it was, a, just it was audio. an audio version of the tv series so i didn't get any of the visual gags so i would hear like for example in the first episode when he's driving down the road and his car says cock par, uh, cock piss partridge i would just hear the laughter, the laughter before yeah. and not know what they were laughing at was <laughs> there like long periods of silence when sophie's away at the desk laughing to herself as well yeah so yeah. i'd have no idea what was going on well, although i feel like this that was quite a common way to kind of bootleg stuff in the in the 90s just you it was quite easy to record to audio cassette but yeah, yeah. so that was that was yeah. that was the first time i ever came across alan partridge and then i guess probably at some point maybe a couple of years later or something like that got into this. actually no i think i didn't li- watched the original series but then the second series of I'm Alan Partridge so that was came probably out. your entry point that was my entry point and then went back and watched the the old one yeah, so s- sadly Stab is slightly younger than the other uh, the remaining three well, of us you know yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ad- Adam Brooks what about you um, I think I probably started I think I caught a couple of episodes of Knowing Me Knowing You and was mighty confused because I was young too young for my satire radar to have gone off so I I sort of watched <laughs> it I watched it for about 12 minutes just thinking he was a terrible a genuine terrible presenter like, like a poor like, man as Terry Wogan yeah I mean you know I'm sure there's been episodes of the one show that have been almost as bad as a, as a oh they uh, have yeah. so you know I could be forgiven <laughs> for believing that it was a real thing until I think something so ridiculous happened that I realised it was it was a hilarious comedy you shot but a man my sort of yeah. <laughs> yeah he did kill a man my involvement with Alan Partridge has probably got more involved as, as time's gone on and I've gone back to the earth earlier stuff i was at uni uh, around the time uh, i think the second series of this came out perhaps and had housemates yeah. that were obsessed with it and then uh, eventually they went on they they released the um on the hour on cd a few years ago as well i ended up being partially very small involvement in releasing that so because you Alan, worked at the record label that released those recordings yeah right? exactly yeah so had had some extremely brief name drop alert extremely brief <laughs> uh, email exchanges with um, chris morris which Aww. was <laughs> which was a thrill for me and Clang. probably extremely mundane and frustrating for him that is, <laughs> that's fair before we continue uh if you want to get in touch with us at all uh comments suggestions complaints questions trivia alan anecdotes etc are you a member of the cast are you steve coogan and you just finally decided it's time for that chat uh it's uh, the partridge pod sorry uh, yeah the partridge pod at gmail.com uh we're on twitter at the partridge pod and we're on facebook at uh, facebook.com slash the partridge pod also, you can write to us. Uh, it's Adam Brooks, Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> My address is Bill Carr, <laughs> 10 King Road. <laughs> anyway, we're not even on that episode no. yet. We've been jumping ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, so, Watership Alan uh, is described on the, uh, on the VHS sleeve as... Alan gets into deep water when he presents a promotional video for a boating company. Has his PA Lynn got what it takes to be an on-air Mrs. Partridge? Spoiler alert, no. Uh, and have the farmers <laughs> forgiven him for his early morning jibes? Spoiler alert, no. no. Um, so uh, I guess it, it, it starts off with those jibes, doesn't uh, it? It's, yeah, absolutely. Poor Robert Moon is basically getting an earful from Alan, um, generally being patronising, uh, derogatory, 
and offensive, and Robert Moon is is not happy. Mm-hmm. Once the I, infected I, I, I spinal d- column in a bat comes up, that's uh, that's when Game it gets over. serious. I, I also just love this is again very typical Alan, where he's just not interested in what his what his guest on the show has to say on the phone. What he is interested in though is who invented the skip. Absolutely adamant to get the answer to that question. Well, now that is the question of the day: Who did invent the skip? Has anybody done any research into this? Because I have. I have oh, not. So, I will I mean, stop typing something into Google. As as we say every week, the great thing about this podcast, if you can't be bothered to look on Wikipedia or IMDb, don't worry, we've done it for you, so you can enjoy listening well, to us you. whilst you're doing other things. So, who invented the skip, you ask? Cock-a-doodle. So just to confirm, who? it's not Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore did not invent the skip. Ah. Well, that's not the information that I've got in front of me. Is it Bill Oddy? I don't think it's Bill Oddy. <laughs> Um, so, according to Wikipedia, and in fact, according to a Google search, so this may have been on a different oh, website first. It's been double fact-checked, people. Double fact-checked. <laughs> I've, I've got this information up as well, so let's see if it matches up. Well, so, not my words, the words of the internet. Although skips have been used in the mining industry for a long time, the first use of a skip-like container removed by a lorry for rubbish disposal was probably in Southport in 1922. <laughs> That word again, probably. And the question on the phone and also serves the dual purpose of giving Alan another opportunity to repeatedly talk over people like he did with the Mini Metro Lynn sketch in the last episode. Yep. Uh, who invented the skip? Who invented the skip? Who invented the skip? Who invented the skip? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. At that, at that point with the callers, there's some. Uh, that's when he gets creative with the sound effects to cover up people's... Which uh, is never not funny. Swears. Correct. Yep. Oh, you're ignorant. Okay, so, so basically Alan has a lot, takes a lot of phone calls. People call him a variety of insults, which he creatively cuts off with sound effects. And then we are back to the travel tavern, and Alan is wearing extremely small blue shorts. <laughs> Again, oh, quite and, an, and a sports cardigan as well. Quite Very an important. iconic uh, image for Alan, which I think has been replicated yes. quite a lot by. Yeah. Uh, now, at the start of this scene, he's singing a song. Uh, take a picture of white man, wrap him up in black skin, etc. Uh, now it struck me rewatching this. I have no idea what that song is. I thought that, like lyrically, this is very odd yes. and borderline racist slash offensive. Like, wh- what is this song? So I've actually done a bit of research, so I can now inf- inform you all because you're please looking do. confused. Please do, please <laughs> drop truth bombs. On. So the song Alan is singing is called "Melting Pot" by a group called Blue Mink. It was their debut single in 1969. And it hit number three in the UK charts. Boom. Wow. Is, is, that, every, is that everything you have on it? Because I've got a little bit more. Wow. Ooh. Supplementary knowledge. Go ahead. So. What have you got for us? Uh, Alan is singing, you know, the lyrics. And Michael's yep. in the corner of the room fixing a plug. And Michael uh, repeats some of the lyrics back to Alan. Do you know what he actually says, though? No. Uh, and a bit of blue blood? No. Oh. So he says, take a. I t- yeah, <laughs> oh, not- uh, what, when Alan says to him, oh, something else in Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I do have the script up? in front of me, so yeah. I can. You look up the lyrics. <laughs> I did look up the lyrics, only because when you watch, when you watch uh, that bit and you listen to what Michael says, it genuinely makes absolutely no sense. But when you see the lyrics, it still makes absolutely no sense, but you just know what he's actually saying. Go on then. Yeah. Is it appropriate to read it? Is it We're getting double thumbs up from producer Jed. Producer Jed says it's okay. Also, we didn't write the song. Blue Mink wrote the song. This is yes. a direct so, quote. So the line that, uh, that Michael actually re- repeats back is, and a little bitty bit of Red Indian Boy. <laughs> <laughs> or as Alan says, something else something in Geordie. Something else Geordie. in Geordie. Wow. But so, yeah, very random. This song is dated very badly. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. It was from 1969, so I think that... A uh, different time. 
It really was. Get after racing. <laughs> the next thing on my notes was who's Cliff Thorburn? He's so a, Alan. Uh, <laughs> Alan's on the phone uh, to is it Hamilton, Hamilton's is he water breaks. Yes. Water breaks. Yeah. And Cliff Thorburn has mentioned a few times. Now I know who he is now, having done more right, internet-based okay. research. But I again, I didn't know who that was. But uh, I assume we've all done. Well, a bit that, of that's who Alan was up against, right? For yes. the for the, yes. the Hamilton's water breaks job. I flirted with the idea of forming a band at university called called Cliff Thorburn. <laughs> <laughs> Because of the Alan Partridge references, or uh, big fan yes. of snooker? No, no, yes. So just to clarify, yeah, he's a Canadian snooker player, and he was the world snooker champ in 1980. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that at the end, when uh, spoiler alert, Alan is smashed by a cow, he, <laughs> he he does flag that he is a, a snooker player, an ex snooker player. Um, but not, anyway, that's, yeah, that's... and not a seasoned broadcaster, and therefore a loose cannon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I, I did think it was funny, kind of rewatching this. Obviously, I've seen I'm Alan Partridge probably more than any sitcom. But actually rewatching this with a view to taking notes, thinking, I actually don't know what these references are and only taking it upon myself now to actually find out what they are. So yep. hopefully that means those of you that are listening have learned something. Literally in your tens, maybe yep. less. We're all learning hopefully, a lot. hopefully we've all learned something. We're all in this today. together. Skips yeah. and snooker. That's what there we're we working on. Did, my face. did anyone else's parents used to used to use the phrase slack alley? <laughs> <laughs> no. my, my parent my parents, along with uh, the high jump used to say slack alley a lot. Oh, uh, my but parents just... used to say you'll be for the high jump. Yeah. 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 But they didn't say slack alley? No. Nope. No. Nope. Can you use it in the context of you maybe being told off? Uh and and maybe with the context of what you've done to be told off yes. as well. Nick, you haven't done your homework. You're an absolute joke of a son. We're getting really <laughs> frustrated. If you didn't change your ways, you're up slack alley, my friend. It basically means you are it's like saying you're up the creek without a paddle. Okay. Like you're you're up the you are a Dallonless shid. Yeah, you're in. You're in trouble, son. You're up Slack Alley. You've got nowhere to go. It basically sounded like you lived in like the Arches or something like that. <laughs> Your parents <are> going, "Oh, <laughs> you, you little rapscallion! away. You'll be up Slack Alley, <laughs> you ruffian! Stop scrumping!" <laughs> Another great yeah. phrase that doesn't just, get just you though. Yes. Another great phrase that doesn't get quite as much uh, everyday use is when uh, is Alan's best description yet of his ex-wife's new uh, partner, uh, describing him as a narcissistic sports pimp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we never get his name, do we? We don't actually get that much information about him. Yeah, I don't think so. A bit more comes out in the book, but mm. there's yeah very little information about who he is, uh, apart from being a narcissistic sports pimp. I think also uh, this initial Alan chat about the uh, Hamilton... Water break, uh, Hamilton's water breaks job is also that's the reference to Bill Oddie in this episode. Is that correct? Yeah, we are on track for one an episode. Looking good. Bill Oddie. Check. Bill it's Oddie a hat trick of Bill Oddie references. This is absolutely cameo packed as well, isn't it? It really so is. You've got, so you've got Simon Pegg, obviously. Uh, you've got Chris Morris later on as uh, Peter Baxendale Thomas. Uh, Doon, I can't say a surname. Doon, Doon, McKinnon. Doon McCain? Yeah. As, Doon his, McCain. Yeah. as his eventual fake wife. Yes. On the, on the Hamilton's break. So more yeah. smack the pony in the I have eye. to stress yeah. the early fake wife, not the plastic old man <laughs> fake wife. <laughs> towards the end of the episode. We can't do this episode justice without talking about Alan's obsession with ladyboys. Talk, mm. Talking to Michael, Michael, tell, tell me, me about, about the, the ladyboys. Lady in fact, so interested are we in ladyboys that on the table in front of us we have lagers, gin and tonics and Bailey chasers, a.k.a. the ladyboy, yes. to try live towards the end of the show, yes, as we'll, I'm sure we'll, many we'll, of you have. We'll uh, get to that shortly. We're all very excited about that. I think uh, the exchange with Michael in the hotel room is, and the story about 
<laughs> a friend of his in the army who had sex on a Land Rover is <laughs> possibly one of the funniest uh, moments in this whole series. My I notes. Think. And f- f- funnily, <laughs> yeah. still laugh. My notes just say Michael's anal slash ladyboy story recovery and then five exclamation marks. <laughs> <laughs> Those exclamation marks uh, equate to how funny the gag yeah, is. Is that basically yeah. your five star rating? It's yeah. five exclamation marks out of five. Yep. It's brilliant. This is also kind of the the point where um, Lynn kind of uh, suggests that she could be Alan's wife, which again is, I think, a bit of a further nod to the yeah. fact that there might be something between these two. And a yeah. great moment. <laughs> a really good moment. <laughs> just silence for He just says nothing seconds. more and walks out of the lift in disgust. Uh, but again, I still feel like we were discussing on last week's episode that, yeah, I feel like it's not a romantic interest from Lynn. It's just, it's just that kind of wanting to re- retain like a close bond with him. Well, maybe it's Her just employer. that it's just a bit of recognition. There's no financial recognition, but the, the generous <laughs> no affection. Neither, no, nine thousand no, no. pounds. I a wonder year. if there's anything to be read into the fact that the first time she offers to be his wife is right after she notices that his uh, his testicles have come out of his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> she's seen a side of him she's never seen before, and it's made her want to be his wife in as many ways as possible. I mean, again, the the, the shorts are a classic moment, and the, the kind of uh, I've popped out again. The boys are back in the barracks. Uh, it's not a cry for help. Again, all classic partridge. <laughs> Probably his, his harshest critique of her follows as well when he says that she's very reliable but she's got a moustache i mean <laughs> the, previously it's been you know she's a hard worker but there's no affection which at least is sort of accurate but this is just cruel yeah that's also, quite mean. she does go above and beyond by calling alan's ex-wife a fat cow and hanging <laughs> up on her uh, yeah. <laughs> can we even think of any reliable people that have a moustache apart from burt reynolds tom Selleck, and maybe bob carroll g's <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think you there are none. no i think there that's it that, that's literally it everyone's covered off everyone there. else is a shyster and a liar yeah <laughs> Or an East London hipster. Yeah. <laughs> um, this episode's also uh, noteworthy for the fact that I think it's got the first, well, certainly in I Man and Partridge, it's got the first of a Bond reference uh, when he's referring to Dr. No vocal cords, uh, which obviously there's quite a few things in the latter episodes of this series that get explored more in series two. Like there's a whole episode devoted to Bond next series. But yeah, I mean, I guess the Roger Moore obsession is always. Oh, yeah, there always is that. Yeah, yeah. This is, is this also the point as well where we get um, uh, Sophie confronting Alan with a bill? And there's a miscellaneous Correct. service that causes there is. some alarm and confusion for Alan. Uh, he may have been watching Bangkok, Bangkok Chick, Chick Boys, Boys, not Driving Miss Daisy. I, I think the first thing to say here is uh, Linton Travel Tavern, potentially part of a wider hotel group. Would they have uh, Bangkok Chick Boys, which feels like the deep end of <laughs> pornographic <laughs> pornographic content? Would they have? Would that be available for customers? Well, it sounds like it's quite a hardcore pornography, and surely a reputable hotel chain would deal only in softcore. That, that's what I, that's <laughs> what I feel. Um, but who knows? Who knows? They they obviously do. Maybe they are. But then we we don't know chain. if we don't know if this is part of a large chain because, as discussed, the Linton Travel Tavern that's the place, not the brand name. Yeah. So who knows? Also, uh, I know they had to do it for comic effect, but would it be itemised on a bill by its real name? I don't know. Oh, it wasn't, though, was oh, it's it? not. She writes oh, it, it down. She writes it down for a note in front oh, of Oh, she yeah. writes it down. It's roughly at this point that uh, that Simon Pegg enters playing Steve Bennett and uh, and Peter Bainham, who wrote a lot of this, uh, is in it as Hugh Morris, the voice box vocal yes. cordless marketing, marketing director. director of Hamilton's Water Breaks. Yep. And at this point, they're running through the, sk- the script with Alan, who's taking the script far more seriously than <laughs> either of them. I would love to see what's on his notes that he just <laughs> pops in the bin. Yeah. I can just imagine there's like wardrobe suggestions, <laughs> set designs. Just think, yeah, he sketched just the pop, whole thing. Yeah, he's just, done basically done a storyboard. Yeah, just pop that now, in the bin. Now, uh, with the, this being Simon Pegg's uh, cameo appearance in the series, uh, is anybody aware that Simon Pegg auditioned for a different role in this series? No. No. So, Ooh. 
Again, the things you can, the things you can gain from listening to the director's commentary. Is it was quite, it a regular was, role? Was it or? No, is no, it? no. Is okay. it? So it's not Ben. I was going to no, guess Ben. No, no, it's it's a character that only appears in one other episode this series. Did he go for Tony Hairs? No. Okay. Because Tony Hairs uh, appears in quite a lot of episodes. Uh, yes, only in one episode. Has has this character appeared already? No. Ah, okay. Mm. Just check my notes. Is it? Is it Jed Maxwell? Is it Jed? It is Jed Maxwell. Amazing. Simon Pegg auditioned for the role of Jed Maxwell and didn't get it. So there you go. I don't think he's right for the role. He's not mental enough. Yeah. Well, big spastic on his list. Interesting. And this kickstarts a whole a whole episode long string of attempts by Alan to prove he's basically a lad's lad. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think if you look in the context of you know it's 1997, so it's it's loaded magazine, it's the lad ladette kind of culture, it's Oasis, it's all happening. So Alan thinks he has to kind of keep up with them being a lad, falling which, asleep, which standing up, for him, being see, sick everywhere. For him, involves creating a lady boy and then falling asleep on the bar after 45 minutes of drinking. Because we've been there. Where does Lynn go? Because Lynn Lynn comes to the bar. He offers her one small Bailey's. Where does Lynn go? Just slinks away. Maybe Luke. she maybe she goes to the toilet or something, comes back, sees this so much lad, later. <laughs> so much lad bants going on that she panics and goes and sits in Alan's room. Fair enough. I think I that's know. more just another Is that a continuity error? It's a continuity bomb that we've dropped. So that's pretty much we're on one per episode. Um so yeah, anyway. The BBC are gonna get this podcast shut down for exposing yeah, their shoddy script. Yeah, exactly. For a multitude of reasons, including <laughs> copyright infringement, quality control. <laughs> quality control. <laughs> and that's just cards against humanity. Well here's here's a question I have around this. So as as I gotta say, he's got the Baileys, he's already got the pint of lager, he's got the gin and tonic. He orders four of them though, and it's not clear who the fourth one's for. I can't believe he'd be buying Michael three drinks. Or Lynn? Yeah, I can't or believe Lynn. you buy Michael one drink. But then he, exactly. he bought Lynn a small Bailey's and I can't see him... Mm. Are you spotting another continuity error? I don't understand who that's for, and it's not clear whether it's for Lynn or Michael, both of which we've established that, yes, he has a relationship with, but it's very much uh, one where he is using them effectively. It's also the point where he... Yeah, so he wakes up after 45 minutes of drinking at 6pm, um, <laughs> and uh, he's fallen asleep against the bar, uh, and it's it's the start of confused Alan, I like to call him. He, oh, I'm confused, and then I'm going to cook all the food. Three star. In, in fact, there are quite a lot of good moments with Alan throughout this series where he basically wakes up from a moment of confusion, sleep, a daydream, or something, and will say something like, oh, "I'm confused," or "I'll fight you," which happens in the first in episode. The, yep. the first episode when he has the first strip club daydream, he wakes up and says, "I'll fight you." So that's also quite a kind of recurring Alan yep. Alanism. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, his wife Carol who, as we established in the previous episode, was a league below uh, Jill in the sex leagues. Well, I think I think you established that, Nick, and we just went along with it. Uh, I think that was inferred from what was said in the episode. Uh, but basically, she's been called a fat cow. She's, re- <laughs> she's recovering from that. And then she gets blasted with more drunken chatter from Alan, um, uh, who basically has a go at her new partner, and uh, his Renault Megane. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tries to absolutely slate... Uh, the guy by reading out a very mild negative review of his car. Absolutely. I, he, I do love it when he says he's having the best time since sliced bread. <laughs> really yeah, he basically says that uh, the horsepower is insufficient and that basically overtaking National Express coaches is a painful and long drawn out affair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's not even that bad a review. It's not even it's that like, bad. It's uh, middling really. review. Probably yeah. update that for the Megabus uh, if it was <laughs> if it was going out now. <laughs> but they just tend to catch on fire. Yeah, they fire. Um, so obviously, I think before we go any further, it, I think it is, t- 
I think it's high time that we all treat ourselves to a ladyboy chaser. Hello. Would you not agree with that? That sounds I'm down. dangerous and so, uh-oh. Uh, our glamorous assistant producer, Jed, uh, is possibly... If you could hand us the uh, the various drinks well, required... You've already cast him in the Lynn roll today, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> Go and fetch <laughs> our drinks. Thanks, Lynn. So it's uh, happening live now. Remind me of the order that he drinks these in. So so I've got a note of this. Uh, it is the beer first, the, late, the, the lager, the boys' drink, and then uh, the, followed by the Baileys, and then the gin, which are girls' drinks. Okay. And what are we doing? Sip a beer, sip of, one, sip of all three in quick yeah, succession? Yeah, yeah. So you, you don't down them. You're, you're oh, sipping. this is going to curdle in my throat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I'm, you're, you're, si- you're, si- you're, oh, you're drinking them in rotation. I'm going to go I ahead and drink right. mine because uh, if we all sip it at the same time, that's dead air and dead air is a crime. So okay. who wants to go first? So I'll, Adam's going to go first. I'm happy to go first. Uh, let, I, let, should we, let, let's get a... Now, has anybody around the table had a Ladyboy Chaser before? Yes. yes. I'm glad you phrased it like that. Yeah, so, okay, so all of us have apart from i haven't adam. so i'm gonna go okay first. so adam's gonna go first so adam the order is uh th- that order again is beer baileys gin okay he's going for it he's going feel for free it, to talk while okay. i do this he's going for the beer, the beer. He's going for the beer. the beer there he goes swig a beer that's fine i'm okay. used to that good 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 okay ba- baileys next baileys oh next. baileys, baileys next. next oh i'm just very out, confusing out of order <laughs> oh, i hate baileys so much <laughs> <laughs> it's christmas oh there's oh. a wince and Truly followed by the gin. Gin. Do you know what? It kind of works. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. Okay. We've uh, got a convert. Oh, actually, no. Hang on. <laughs> so I, I think maybe we, we can all now yeah, have we a can round do, we and can Adam talk yeah. through this. You get involved. So, I'll and dig producer up. Jed is going to join us here too. Cheers. Cheers, Jed. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I will say that I was on a stag do probably oh, a good two years ago now. Um, and the, uh, the stag... I didn't watch Alan Partridge at all, and we ordered ordered him a Lady Boy, and Gente. he basically downed everything, not realizing that you oh, you could absolutely God. sip them. <laughs> and within about forty five minutes, he was basically on the floor, and, <laughs> and, and the evening finished after about three hours of drinking, and the night just came to an end. Yeah. And he was an absolute drunken mess. Uh, Whereas well, we've got to present the rest of this podcast. Yeah, what yeah, go wrong? Yeah. Um, just do another round. Yeah, um, also, I think uh, so. Deliciousness. Nick and I actually went to oh, university God. together, and I think we've had. A few nights out in the past where ladyboy chasers have been consumed uh and you know it all seems like fun and games at the time but i can lead i can confirm it does lead to some poor life decisions so that that is a thing that has yeah. happened See, the thing is what happens is you, you drink the lager and then you drink the baileys and the baileys is the, the sort of the overpowering uh taste and you go oh very well i i think it's delicious anyway and then you have I don't the like gin baileys. tonic and then you go hello oh, it's not so bad and then within about 10 seconds it starts to yeah it's amalgamate and just yeah the cause that face that makes just mad. so our producer jed uh has well has it <laughs> was not really aware of a ladyboy chaser and he looks like he's about to cry he's certainly aware or, of it now he looks like he's about to cry or be sick or do both at the same time just not on the, oh not, no, no. <laughs> He's, he's oh, too far. He's poured lager into his Bailey's Shit, listeners. He's putting gin in it as well. He is made. The humanity oh. is cuddling. It's instantly oh. Sorry, this isn't very good so that podcasting at all. No. But right. why is it changing density? I don't understand. Oh, it's separated, it's separated into separated. two milky layers. So it's like a chemical benefit, reaction. For the benefit of everyone at home, Jed has just gone all in and poured his Bailey's lager and gin into one glass. He is now going to drink it. It looks like it's completely separated. That, like yeah. I'd like to, I like to stress, top. we've has not gone solid. We have not peer pressured him into this. He's chosen to do it off his own back yep. for some reason. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely appalling. It, it looks is he wrong. Gonna, if he downs it. Oh he, my god. Oh, he'd really oh my off. god. So for the benefit of those listening at home, this is not the way to drink a ladyboy. Do not mix your drinks. Oh my god. You are supposed to... We did not... Oh, you are supposed to... Oh! 
You remember those terrible life choices Tom Dark mentioned earlier? <laughs> They're happening right in front of us. Oh, dear. Anyway, back to the episode, so, perhaps. It, um, sorry, it, it, it looks like milk that's been left in the fridge oh. for about nine months. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't recommend drinking Ladyboy no, drinks. Yeah. Although the good thing is, if you see what's happened to the, uh, the mixed-up Ladyboy drinks in the glass that Jed has there... That is basically what's happening in our stomachs right now. Yes. So and we did also good. go out for a massive lunch as yeah. well. So that's it. recording. Bad um, so off, off the back of Ladyboy <laughs> Chasers and the fact that, I, well, now we've all drunk them in real life. Uh, does anyone have any other examples of real life partridge instances? So I think Nick, you were saying you went on a partridge thing stag do. Could uh, you, could you elaborate on that for uh, a uh, well, It was, uh, this, the, the kind of the story earlier was just about having Ladyboys on a stag do. Um, ah, I see. It's different stag do's. Two, two different right. stag do's. So one was just an instance of drinking a ladyboy on a stag do. Second instance was actually going on an Alan Partridge themed uh, stag do. So we basically went to Norwich. We stayed at the Travel Tavern. Uh, we all dressed up as characters. We went to the Owl Sanctuary. We ran ran around the uh, the cloisters at uh, Norwich Cathedral. Uh, we went boating on the Norfolk broads fed beef burgers to swans <laughs> <laughs> you, you get the idea i mean that sounds it, like the perfect stag do to me that it was, sounds ideal it was very good um and it, it was on youtube uh, until it was recently taken down due to copyright infringement mm, because, that seems to be a recurring theme yeah uh well let, can we try and get that re-uploaded in some way so we can uh, put a link we will uh, we'll, li- we'll, li- we'll link to it we'll, we'll, we'll get it up we can. we'll get put it a link up. for that on the on the social medias yeah. and obviously in addition three of us around the table once lived together and hosted a an alan partridge themed easter sunday uh, this is also party true with a sports casual thing yep uh well, most of the music was alan themed wasn't it as much uh, as we could get yeah, away with yeah. And it was uh, it was titled Sunday Bloody Sunday after his uh, famous misinterpretation of the U2 song of the same name. Coming really up... encapsulates the frustration of a Sunday. Yeah, yep. coming up in a future episode. Uh, yeah, and I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Ladyboy Chasers got drunk that evening as well. Although I do remember what also happened at the house party was everybody wore all my clothes, but that's more of a friends thing than an Alan Partridge. Yep. And, <laughs> I went, and, and I went to bed and it about was very annoying because <laughs> 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 it was a great night. Yeah, and didn't we annoy the neighbours that night as well? Uh well, I think. Some people might have climbed over into their garden, but that's probably not <laughs> not for this that's podcast. Probably not for the podcast. Was there anyone around this table? Who yes. Could? <laughs> Please, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't Tom. Please climb responsibly. Anyway, hello, uh, if you're uh, listening, neighbours. I'm I, sorry. Can I just like an update on producer Jed? Jed, through the medium of thumbs up or down, how are you feeling post uh, post Lady Boy? It's uh, double two thumbs, thumbs down, two thumbs, thumbs down, down. right in the crotch. Um, any so. other any other real life partridge to talk of, or or any real life ladyboy to talk um, of? Well, it's, it relates more to the next episode, but there's, I saw on YouTube the other day that somebody went uh, went back to uh, famous mentalist Jed Maxwell's house and uh, recreated the running away, driving away scene. Uh, oh, and that, that's on that's on YouTube. That's on YouTube, oh, and also we'll I, I, that that's another socials. link that we will share. There was yeah. also an article recently on Zoopla because a few years ago Jed Maxwell's house was up for sale, and there was a, <laughs> a bit of a bidding war amongst that partridge enthusiasts. <laughs> Same as there was for the house from space a few years back. Yep. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, we, we'll save more of the Jed Maxwell stuff for the relevant uh, yep. episode. But uh, yeah, no, no ladyboy stories from. <laughs> Ooh, we we went to Thailand. Bangkok, didn't we, Tom? We went to Thailand. Uh, yeah. Just just to confirm, not just me and Tom. There were other people present as well. It yeah. wasn't one of those sort of like. We had some massages, didn't we? Uh, yeah, again, all, all legit, all on, on the beach in public view. All, it was all board. Yeah, we all didn't check board. what was going on, though, did we? <laughs> 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 Who knows? Back to the episode. Uh, Dune McKinnon is now uh, playing the part of Alan's pretend wife. Um, they are, I think, they're on the water break doing some recording. Um, 
he tries to feed her bacon and then she uh, reveals <laughs> she's a vegetarian despite it's, being his wife it's so awkward as well that stuff like obviously the whole show is pretty awkward but they have really kind of captured that awkwardness where they're just on a pokey boat yeah. why why is she being an absolute dick i don't know because like, i think she's... it's because it, i think what it is is because she's she, earlier in the week she's gone for an audition for the bill she doesn't, know know she doesn't know if she's going to get it. Yeah. So she's tense. She's yeah. nervous. She and can't... I do love a reference to the bill. Yeah. yeah. And she does. She doesn't know what's going to happen. And so her mind's flying. She's she's thinking of other <laughs> things. Um. So when it's like, do you want bacon or not? No, she was. She's really she was rude. quite rude. And I think um there but... are more unused scenes that feature her in. So you've got the first time they meet, and he walks up going, "Who's my wife?" And mm. it's just I yeah. think the whole thing is very awkward from the outset. There's another reference to town planning as well. She's going down the canal saying, "Try pedestrianising this," as if, <laughs> as, if, as if anyone would or cares. Uh, also, it's the first uh, static caravan reference. Yes, I also noted that. Which obviously, uh, static caravan plays a very large part in the next series. A premonition of the future. What is the reference? What does he say? Uh, it's it's something I'm not sure it's something along when he, as he's presenting the water break he's saying that you could you know uh, I, I have the line here, oh, here we go. Uh, my wife and I found it actually offers a kind of luxury and comfort <laughs> <laughs> it offers a kind of luxury and comfort you'd normally associate with a good quality static caravan so we know he's already on board with static caravans he loves a static yeah. caravan and then it's a, there's a short interview with possibly my favourite one episode character of yes, the series Alice. Nick agrees with me <laughs> Alice the lone yeah. the lone water holiday lady who insists Read on holidaying alone and Alan cannot <laughs> wrap his head around the, that idea but also he opens a conversation by saying she's not going to shrink me into a little bottle which is just the weirdest thing to ever say yeah. that isn't a thing no one says that you're not like you just wouldn't say it would you no you, 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 you know, know the reference why he's I mean, it's, right. yeah it's an Alice in Wonderland reference oh <laughs> I literally had no idea. I mean, I mean, I take your point, it's still weird, but <laughs> perhaps less weird than you I thought. I feel like such <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we agree. No disrespect to the actress that plays Alice. Not but, looking 25? No, but she definitely has the appearance of someone who was sort of like a friend of the crew rather than an actress. I don't think she's an actress. Uh, well, inter- oh, interesting hello. that you say that. Uh, I believe she was a runner on the production, so they literally just got her to yep, do that role. That makes so. sense. She played it brilliantly. Mm. She really did. She made it her own. Yeah. Uh, so there is uh, also one other thing I was going to say. Um, I can, when we were talking earlier about our introductions into uh, Alan, I can remember the promo trails for this. Uh, were of uh, Alan basically flash, uh, flushing the uh, Dundee cake down the toilet. <laughs> and, mind. and again, when you, this is like my first, so I obviously came into it halfway through the series. That trail doesn't explain anything about the show. You're like, a man on a canal boat <laughs> is flushing a pound of Dundee cake down a toilet. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. I just know I'm going to watch it. So that's, it's basically, it's a clip of a show. Within a documentary, so which is a promotional video within a show. It's yeah. really deep. It's the um, inception of comedy. Yeah. Also, I, I've kind of noticed a lot that there must be so many scenes that didn't make the final cut for these episodes because you get the the intro sequences for each episode that have bits of footage that aren't in the normal episodes. Oh, pop so the there are, like, what in the Hamilton's water break footage, you've got him on a boat dressed as a sailor. Um, there are unused scenes of him like trying to eat spinach, like Popeye and things like that. So there, is, it'd be really interesting to see all the stuff that didn't actually make the final cut. There are so many different scenarios yeah. that didn't get used. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Send us your stories at... What's our Twitter handle? <laughs> it's the Partridge Pod. At the Partridge Pod. Anyway, we need to, we need to move on because uh, we're, getting in, we're getting into the scene now where he's forced to defend his uh, farmer's comments uh, against... <laughs> Peter Baxendale Thomas. Can I just say one thing, apart from where chocolate oranges are available from? 
for me, this is one of the funniest exchanges uh, of the series. I think this is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and also, script for this. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not that dissimilar to the sort of exchanges that Chris Morris has with Stuart Lee in recent yep. series True. of Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle, in that he basically is just tearing Alan apart. Uh, can I just check, how is everybody getting on with their Ladyboy Chaser? I'll be honest, I'm just drinking the beer. Yeah, me too. This is disgusting. Although I'll probably finish my gin, but... It's the Baileys. Remember, Irish it, remember cream. it is only a small Baileys. So mm, it well, be, uh, it's been topped up. Yeah, Jed, so Jed, s- generously. It's not so small anymore. Yep. Jed, how are you doing? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Well, one thumb down, but um, <laughs> again to his crotch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, Chris Morris is of particular significance because he wrote a lot of the day to day where Alan originated as well. So it all came back around. Um, so why is this chat so good? Why is it so funny? Or is it just because the script is great and it's brilliant? I think it's just the randomness of Alan's accusations. Yeah, it's like, yeah. They're not. So. They're not based on any sort of fact. The beef burgers for swans. Is it? Is it? Chips I think, oh no, I think, I think that's grounded in fact, isn't it? Um, it just gets more and more outlandish. The twenty foot high chickens. I mean, there's like <laughs> big eared boys on farms. Yeah, big eared yeah, boys on he farms. He literally won't stop. He clearly knows that he's met someone that's far more intellectual than him and can basically <laughs> challenge. <laughs> does that <laughs> uh, yeah so he basically starts clutching at uh anything that he can get his hands on just to insult peter baxendale thomas and also peter baxendale thomas has done enough research to be able to really skewer alan's living situation so he says you've been living like some bloody tramp in a lay-by a sordid little grief hole you know <laughs> it's a travel again, tavern e- excellent bit of script sordid yeah. little grief hole that and, is fantastic and, and until that point nobody i don't think anyone in the program has really pointed out how dire alan's living situation <laughs> is you just know it as the viewer also what i like about that is peter baxendale thomas has you know been incredibly articulate and come back with very well-argued rational thought you can tell at this point he's like oh fuck this <laughs> you're living like a bloody tramp in a lay <laughs> also it's great because alan just you know he's just being an idiot and his whole retorts are just really immature so things like how many cows have you got he's sort of got 100 cattle he says yeah i've got 104 friends <laughs> stuff like that yeah and alan's face drops when he calls him a, a tramp that lives in a lay-by up to that point he's kind of not too phased but that that really does yeah. cross the line, and it's another uh, it's another thing where Alan's obsessed with accuracy. He's like, you know, in a layby, he's like, it's a travel tavern. Yeah, you know, doesn't mind the fact it's an insult yeah. as long as it's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in that bit, if Alan was a bit more apologetic, you'd almost side with him. You know, you'd almost yeah, because because Peter Baxendale Thomas is is the first person who's kind of who's more powerful than Alan, if you like, in the way he attacks him and stuff. He kind of is a bit of a posh sod as well, you sort of think. With plums in his mouth. mouth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of want to go with Alan, but he's been so outlandish and so ridiculous that you kind of can't. What, you think on. that they don't really make pigs smoke? Uh, not now. <laughs> not after the smoking ban. Back back in the 90s, I feel they like, did. I feel like back in the day, yeah. That's probably what happened on a farm. And uh, <laughs> you've gone, you've gone full Alan. Uh, oh dear. Um, and has anyone seen the big-eared boys on farms? What does that mean? I, it's an implication that they're, in- there's incest going on. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> so much. Again, another joke that Nick has struggled to realise. So let, let's hope that he's not the only one that's learning something new from listening to this podcast. <laughs> Just thought the boy had very big ears. Didn't think that was a problem. You can hear well. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> tell us your farming stories at what's the Twitter handle? Oh, <laughs> it's the Partridge Pod. Yeah. Um, so once once he's been skewered by uh, by Chris Morris's character, although Chris, although the character leaves and Lynn comes in and is forced to then do the low voice 
Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> pretending to be uh, pretending to be him. Uh, we're, we're we're back on the filming schedule, I think. Yes, uh, yes. Go yep. back to filming. Uh, one of his uh, monologues that he's doing to camera starts. One of the benefits of global warming and international terrorism, <laughs> which st- strikes me as uh, you know. He's he's taken the Hamilton's water break script more seriously than than everyone else, but perhaps they should have had a look at it. Um, I did learn as well from the director's commentary because uh, it's coming up to this bit when a cow is thrown on him <laughs> that um that w- even though obviously it's not a real cow uh the the fake cow that was thrown on Coogan is actually very heavy so he had to make sure he was in a very relaxed state when it landed on him so he didn't actually get injured. Mm. Not my words, the words right. of Steve Coogan. <laughs> How do you? How, what sort of relaxation do you do yeah. to prepare for a just giant a bit, cow being just, dropped on you? Be a bit, yeah, be a bit floppy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure uh, Steve will hear this podcast and want to get in touch with us next week. Yeah, oh, he wants to get in touch. Steve, I'm sure. Steve, if you could just <laughs> to, get in contact with us <laughs> to begin legal proceedings, just let us know how how indeed you managed to prepare that, yourself for that moment. Yeah, that's uh, at the Partridge Pod on Twitter, or just email us at yeah, uh, the, the Partridge Pod at gmail dot com. Whatever works for you, Steve. You can write to us. Uh, Adam Brooks, Bristol. <laughs> Ten. Imagine if someone sent a letter and it actually made it to my house. I'd be very impressed. Well, there's a challenge. If you're listening, uh, that address again is Adam Brooks, Bristol. <laughs> Please do send mail. Massive tangent, but they used to do that on Live and Kicking. They tried to encourage people to write the minimum amount of letters on an envelope, and it would still get to them. And somebody wants to just put someone just put L ampersand K, and it made it. What? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, one thing something I, else that happened in the nineties. So it was yeah. relevant. Hashtag relevant. Um, another thing that happened in this episode that I liked a lot was as soon as the cow falls on Alan, before they've even checked as to his welfare, <laughs> voice box man is already on the phone to Cliff Thorburn, <laughs> to, get, Thorburn. to get a replacement for Alan. Yeah, well, I guess he is the marketing director. That's going to be his primary concern, isn't it? It doesn't really matter if Alan's <laughs> been crushed to death the, by the cow. The cow landed the on Alan. will cover it. The cow I, landed on Alan about eight seconds before he calls Cliff Thorburn. I do also, I do also like that uh, when, the, when the cow falls on him, um, you can hear uh, the... What's the marketing director called? Peter Bainham? Whatever his character's name is. Uh, yeah. Farmers! Farmers! farmers. <laughs> as, if, as, if as, if he's aware, as if he's aware of the issue with farmers. <laughs> uh, now, talking about Peter Bainham, so obviously he's one of the three writers of the whole series. So the writers being Coogan, <clears throat> Peter Bainham, and Armando Iannucci. Um, now, I think we could probably all name quite a few things Peter Bainham has been in. We've all seen these because there's quite a tight-knit uh, kind of comedy family. Uh, around this world, so Fist of Fun, The Day's Day, Front of the Armistice, Jam, Spat the Pony, Brass Eye, Big Train. Uh, but did you know he has also been in The Bill? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I-, I was going to say, according to Wikipedia, he makes an appearance in Red Dwarf as well oh. at some point. Mm, I did not mm. know that. For crossover fun, why not try Meg Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast? <laughs> also available on Post Pop Records. Um, he was also he's also a co-writer credited with Borat, Bruno, and Grimsby. So working with Sasha Baron. Oh, he's got a good hit record, isn't he? Yeah, he's not doing alright for himself. Bad. Nice. Anyway, do we need to talk briefly about Alan's failed wank? <laughs> <laughs> When he yes, fi- I think we he do. Finally, well, what, what is there to say? He finally reaches such a low point that he caves and is willing to accept to uh, the people on reception that he is, in fact, watching pornography. Uh, and then he gets them to put it on his telly, only to find that his hand is so bandaged up that he's unable to perform. Uh, have, I- you, have you guys had any failed wanks? <laughs> <laughs> Send us your failed wank stories. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even get the sentence out. That's at the partridge pot. <laughs> I do like Brooks. It- Bristol. <laughs> 
do not post your failed wank stories to me. I'm not interested. Uh, I do like the fact that when you see um, Ben basically disable porn, it, it you can see that he basically just flicks a switch on the back of the box, but that's too much for Alan to He's work like, out. Do you want me to turn it from yeah. on to off? Do you want me to help you find the button that says off? But you just try and set up the bath. Uh, the mirror in the bath yeah. situation that yeah. Ben has already given him a tip about. So the question begs, is Ben wanking in the hotel? Clearly <laughs> 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 well, the answer is yes. I think it's a given. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe less so now he's getting together with Sophie. Uh, that pretty much wraps up this episode, doesn't it? I think so, unless anyone's got any forgotten facts. No. Okay. All right. It's probably uh, it's probably time to wrap up then. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, before we dive into Cars Against Alanity, uh, pending our lawsuit, that fan favourite <laughs> section I, of the show, I know everyone's tuning in week after week to hear what happens next. The louder you scream, the faster it goes. <laughs> um, also, to play out this episode, we have got a uh, I don't know what to call this an Alan Partridge remix or I don't really know. Basically, an MP3 of an Alan Partridge track that I discovered back in the university days. So it's basically built around the ooh lady boys refrain, uh, which I think is quite difficult to find online these days. So we will play out the podcast for that. It's a little bit of a treat. No idea who made it. Uh, if you made it, uh, feel free to get in touch. We'll give you a credit, but just don't take, tell us to take it out because that would be really annoying. Um, I- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm over to you. Okay, it's time for this week's uh, round of Cards Against Alanity, a uh, card game loosely based on Alan and loosely based on Cards Against Humanity. Please don't, don't sue don't, us, it's don't, all for fun. Don't, don't, it's just loosely based on a random idea. That for copyright got. reasons, it's nothing like Cards Against Humanity. Correct. So uh, all of the phrases on the cards that have been handed to each of the hosts, uh, they are words or phrases that come from this series of I'm Alan Partridge, and each week we take a line from the episode we've just been discussing, and they have to try and finish it as best they can. Once that's done, producer Jed, say hello. Hello. That's the only time he gets a microphone. Uh, he will ping a bell when we get to the one that he likes the best, and that is this week's winner. So far, Nick is ahead with two. Everyone else is on zero. Uh, hey! <laughs> this week, and, and this week's winner gets a large shot of Bailey's. Oh, lovely. Wow. Oh, dear. Okay, so the line that you're looking to complete this time, <laughs> episode three, I'm having the best time since... Dot, dot, dot. Oh, this is a, this is a tricky one. 
I'm having mm. the best time since. A lot of furry brows. Got almost everyone's Tom's cards. Tom's is in. Okay, I've got all the cards. I, so, I the Baileys now. I think the winner can have their uh, prize live on the podcast. I'm going to show the answers to Jed so he can pick his favourite, and then I'm going to read them all aloud, and he will ping his bell when we get to the best one. Very, very tense. Dead air is a crime. Very, very tense very times much. here in the podcast studio. Okay, so I'm having the best time since Lady Boys. Mm, I'm having the best time since a corporate for Allied Dunbar. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we have two. Yeah. We have two more. I'll read out the end. More. I'm having the best time since Blue Nun, or I'm having the best time since an all night rave, which actually makes more sense than yeah. the rest of them. Okay, so uh, who was the corporate for Allied Dunbar? Hey! <laughs> it was that Nick again. Three on three for Nick. Uh, we c- uh, we can only just match him. We can't catch him. Um, so that's Cards Against Alanity. There'll be more of that next week as well. I, I think my forfeit is doing a generous gulp. Oh, yes, that's of, right. Uh, okay. Bailey's Irish Cream. Off you go then. Do you want to do that and then we'll get your, yep. your reactions afterwards? Okay. There he goes. He's oh, going down. Down the hatchet. Oh, oh, he stopped it. So oh, happy. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> That concludes this week's Cards Against Alanity, and we're almost at the end of the episode. Uh, join us next week. We're going to be talking about Basic Alan, the episode where almost nothing happens, but also everything happens. Uh, you can get in touch with us on, fa- on Facebook, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod. Email us, thepartridgepod at gmail.com, or on Twitter, we're at thepartridgepod. And we will now play you out with the Alan Partridge Ladyboys Megamix. Enjoy. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bangkok. Lady boys. Looks like a lady. In fact, it's a chap. It's a chap. Yo, what's up, G? Some homie's been dissing my bitch. Hello, Alan. God created Adam and Eve. He didn't create Adam and Steve. Ooh, I'd love to have it off with her. Hello, Camp David. Hello, Alan. It's a chap. Uh Uh-huh. Looks like a lady. It's a chap. Uh Uh-huh. Lady boys. It's a chap. Uh Uh-huh. Looks like a lady. It's a chap. Chap, chap, chap. Lady boys. You fill in the pond with concrete. You plough the family into the field. You blow up the tree and use the leaves to make a dress for your wife, who's also your brother. Looks like a lady. It's a chap. Uh huh. Lady boys. It's a chap. Uh huh. Looks like a lady. It's a chap. Uh huh. Lady boys. It's a chap. This is a post-pop podcast produced by Jed Shepard. To find out more about the records they release and the podcasts they make, head to postpoprecords.com. Monkey tennis? Monkey tennis? Looks like a lady, but uh, really it's a man. Monkey tennis? Not my face, I'll do the photo shoot for Vision Express! Monkey tennis? Monkey tennis? I got uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. 
Roll on the thighs of a virgin. Monkey tennis? Oh. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.